Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, where incarnate memories prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Imp Nation, welcome back. I have someone on today that grew up in the town right next to me where I <laughs> actually do this podcast for you guys. Tawny Jackson, what's up? Hello, how are you? Norwalk High School in the house. Yeah, now I'm going to take you back to like a ton of different places because you know what I miss most about there's so many things I miss most about that place, but I have to ask you about Stu Leonard's at one point or another. Hopefully it's still around. Stu Leonard's is still around. It's right by Norwalk High School. And my kids uh, love to go get the free samples as you walk <laughs> around, which has been with COVID a little bit reduced. Um, Ooh, yeah. But you'll also remember at Stu Leonard's, they have the kick-ass soft ice cream. Yes. Serve ice cream. Yeah, it's yes. great. And yes. so that's, we get our Christmas tree there. We do like last minute shopping, oh. but it always seems like you go into that place with two or three things in mind to buy oh. and you, yeah, no chance. None. <laughs> you come out with like everything. They used to have live animals. I'm surprised I never came out with a live animal at one point or another. They do. And my, when uh, I remember specifically when my kids were little, we would go over there and they would look at the animals, pet the animals. Now yeah. that's like, that's gross, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so take us through what happened from Norwalk high school to Charlottesville. Like what yeah. schools were in the mix? Give us the scoop. So I think, you know, at one point or another, my top school was, I, I was like, I'm bound in general. I'm going to go to University of Chicago. So cool. Just, I love Chicago. It was like, you know, the hip place to be. I just thought it was really great place to be. And then, so my mom, the family lawyer um, came to me one day, really late in the process and was like, I want you to think about the University of Virginia. I'm like, I'm not going that far below the Mason Dixon dude. So sorry. Of course, I was trying to be, you know, very nice about it. Um, but when the first African-American graduate of the University of Virginia Law School asked you to take a look at the University of Virginia, you do. So he set up um, a weekend for me to go down. I think I went in on like a Friday and left like on Saturday or Sunday, and it became my top choice. Like had a ball. Shocker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> number one. I was like, I, the University of what? Yeah, Virginia is now my number one school. Okay, so that worked out for us and for you. Perfect. <laughs> so did you know right away what you were going to major in coming out of high school? Or were you one of those, uh, I, would, I don't want to call you lost souls, but uh, in search, let's call you. 
Mm, no, I definitely, I was definitely going to go to the comm school. And then um, my dad, because this is the big argument. My dad was like, oh, you're going into computer science. I was like, absolutely not. So um, I will do comm school because that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then this didn't happen. I just completely fell in love. I, I just, the thing about Virginia that I love is that you could explore school period. You could just explore every single academic love you have in four years. That's just your, that's your opportunity to just do that. And you have no other opportunity in your life to do that because you have responsibilities after that. So like I got there and I fell in love with government and, you know, continued to fall in love with government history and politics. So I had to choose foreign affairs. I just, it gave me every single one of my loves in like one major. And I had, I just had to switch, had to switch, loved it. Still love it. I was, a foreign, I was a foreign affairs major too. It must be all the cool people. We gravitate towards that. Yeah, right? must be. And all those lovely people from Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. It's the cool people club, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So, and while you were there, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead. Ridley Scholar, right? Yeah. And it, that just, it just kind of happened too. I mean, it's one of those things where I was really fortunate. Like, so seriously, when I was at, um, Norwalk High School in Connecticut, um, I got a crap ton of scholarships um, and just just a lot of little local scholarships that basically pay for a good chunk of my school. Um, but when I got there, I guess also through, I don't know, I don't know how they found out about me, but I was also awarded a release scholarship when I got there too. So it was fabulous, very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and it got me connected to Ridley and all the lovely, all the amazing people there too. And of course, John Merchant, very, um, um, very instrumental in, in the Ridley Scholarship as well. So um, I credit not only my attendance at the University of Virginia, even my introduction to the University of Virginia to, to John Merchant, may he rest in peace, um, but also um, my exposure to, um, to Ridley, to probably him and many others, Mike Mallory, you know, bring all those amazing people um, to to that scholarship and just my experience there. For those that don't know who John Merchant was, can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. So there's a great book that I recommend everybody reads it's called The Key to the Door. And it's about all the first African-Americans, the first, basically the first African-Americans at the University of Virginia. And John Merchant is a lawyer who uh, was, he's, deceased, um, um, was a lawyer from, um, who lived in Connecticut, which is how we, my family became, came to know him. Um, and, um, he was the first African-American graduate from the, the University of Virginia School of Law. Um, his daughter, Susan Merchant was the first legacy, um, of the University of Virginia School of Law. Um, and John Merchant was an amazing man. Um, so just so incredibly supportive of me and my family. Um, and he, it's funny when you read the book, I laughed when I read it because in his section, he's interviewed in it and has a chapter and it, he mentions, um, the reason why he went to the University of Virginia. And it's just, he said, because somebody asked me to. And I swear to you, the only reason why I was there is because he asked me to. So it's it's important that we share those things because I've asked several people to go and I and, and that's how you keep the legacies going. And that's how you keep that's how you keep that rich, incredibly powerful of Af wonderful African Americans and at the University of Virginia. 
you know, it's interesting, interesting that you say that because I have this kind of rule about letters of recommendation and writing them. And I'm really protective of if I write the letter, I mean it, this kid should get in right? In terms of just like fitting the culture, I can't always speak for the academics, yeah. but, they'll yeah. take a look, but I know for sure culturally they'll fit in. And right. I run for the to the hills when I see someone coming to get a letter of recommendation and I say to myself, or maybe don't kind of think that, and I say, oh, no way, no how. Yeah. That, yeah. That happen, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wonder if there's a, a chain of command to call Virginia and tell them, don't let this kid in, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, don't you? You kind of feel like you know that person. Like, so we're, we when we do Jefferson Scholar interviews um, here in the St. Louis area, I'm always like, oh, this person, we just would just fit in so well. They will, they will totally love their experience at UVA, and we would, you, it would be such a rewarding experience for both UVA and that person. So yeah, you know, you know it when you see them. So you get on grounds and a uh, typical day at Norwalk High School or a little bit different? Totally different. But so at the time that we went, so I entered in 88. Um, and at the time that we entered, we had the largest um, incoming class of African-Americans at the University of Virginia. And supposedly it was 10%. Although I've questioned that because I've seen statistics that, but that's what we were told. So we felt like... <laughs> We felt all kinds of powerful and all kinds of like special when we were there. It's a big lie. They tell every class. It's like it's like you as a parent telling each of your kids, you're my favorite. Don't tell right. you're my favorite. Yeah. Right. You guys are the best, the biggest. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we went in there and just there were just it almost felt like being at an HBCU within a large state university. So at an historically black college and university within a big state university, it was the best of both worlds. Um, and I had had, you know, the little experience that I had had with the University of Virginia before coming on campus was completely um, altered the summer before I came because one of those little scholarships that I got from local scholarships that I got in Connecticut tied me to another alum from the University of Virginia. And she just immersed me in Virginia like that entire summer before. It was, it was great. She's, she's like my big sister to this day. Um, so I had, I had a lot of experience before I even got on ground. So it wasn't completely off-putting that, that Virginia was so new and so big. And I feel like even though it's a state school, it's not huge. Like it's not Michigan, like out of control, you get lost. It still feels very family oriented, I feel like, in just a small community. So I, because of my experience the summer before kind of getting to know Virginia and because of the little trip that I took there, um, while I didn't know a lot of people on grounds first year, it was easy to make friends. It was fun making friends the first year. I lived in Bonnie Castle. So oh, Bonnie I, Castle. Yeah, yeah. When I say Bonnie, you say Castle. Bonnie. Castle, so sad. Bonnie. Don't <laughs> <laughs> my my son is in Bonnie Castle right now. So I know. Is he I know really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought yeah. was gonna be the worst dorm when he got assigned oh, no. because yeah, I was in the new dorm. So I figured oh. you, you might've heard me talk about this on other episodes. And I was like, Bonnie Castle, that sucks. And now that yes. I see where it's positioned, it's, it's kind of cool. I would never yeah. say it's better than it's you because that would be against like all sorts of rules, but it's like a close, close second. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's always like that whole new dorm bias. Okay. But like literally, if you had to be in old dorms, the best place was either Hancock or Bonnie Castle because the rooms were better, nicer. I don't know why, but um, I don't even know if it was bigger or what have you, but we lucked out that we were in Bonnie Castle and I like literally lived above the castle. So I'm smelling food like all the time right the burgers do you remember the burger like the burgers oh and well yeah i was a treehouse guy but it's the oh. same thing you know like i can't imagine if i lived above the treehouse my plus dollars would have been gone the first <laughs> week, right? now you know what i remember about the treehouse i have to tell you this like so because you have to do they even have the treehouse anymore i don't even know yeah i think so i don't know okay so my go-to drink at virginia was very economical. I'm, I'm, people will call me frugal. A big vanilla milkshake from the treehouse, just the largest you can possibly get. So good. But I always had like my little my like grain alcohol because it was very economical. <laughs> pour a little, <laughs> pour a little of the grain into your milkshake, and there's your weekend. Oh, that was my awesome. Gosh. That's phenomenal. It's great. You really, I'm so I'm saying next time Treehouse is still there. Milkshakes are still there. Highly recommend it. Okay. So this is the first time we're having like a long conversation, the two of us. I thought you were going to go Mountain Dew. I thought you were going to mm. say Mountain Dew that I would go there. That was my study thing. But you just lit it up. And then you said vanilla milkshake. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cool. But then you went with the green alcohol. Yeah, there. yeah. So it kind of tells you a lot about me. Like literally, the like, like t- the, we never, like, I think on the weekends, we never did, like, I never, I didn't, didn't drink a lot of beer. I didn't drink, really, literally drank, had grain because it was economical. You could go a long way with just a little bit. I like that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So now you get through that first year, you get into your second year and you realize you're going to be a foreign affairs major. And we've already established that's where all the cool people went, like the two of us. (laughs) And now when's, where are the imps in all this? What's going on? So I feel like I was probably introduced to the imps and I, and I use that term lightly, probably not introduced, but the only way maybe the imps knew about me could have possibly been through Jerry Bias and Darius Withers. So I was in the Black Student Alliance. And remember like, I mean, like back then, Newcomb Hall was just a wash in like all the best people in the entire world. So if you were up on, (laughs) if you were upstairs in Newcomb Hall, either in the Black Student Alliance or U Union or Judish or whatever, everybody was kind of up there. And that's how I kind of probably knew most people. Um, because I spent a lot of time in the in the Black Student Alliance office, which I don't even think that exists anymore, that office up there. I don't, I don't know if they use that for that anymore. But um, so I think probably my introduction to the Ems was probably through the Jerry Biases of the world and the Darius Withers of the world, I want to say. Um, but I honestly can't be, I can't be confident of like my introduction to the Ems. You well, saw you- them come to parties every now and then and, you know, tap somebody, but. Yeah, you wouldn't be the first person to be on who can't remember. So don't 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 feel weird about that. Um, it could be that grain. Uh, all those years. Be, I really my joke. That was good. You beat me <laughs> to it. Okay. And so, do you remember the joke they played on you? No, that's that's why I'm like I marvel at everybody who can do this. What are you guys drinking every day? Are you like on like 
serious carrot juice and kale. Are you, how do you remember this stuff? I'm impressed. I'm yes. impressed with people who give like the details of the night they were tapped. I honestly don't even remember what happened. Yeah, I'm on a very heavy uh, beet, carrot, <laughs> uh, asparagus, and peanut butter uh, drink on a like a three times a day um, basis. Yeah, and that's probably why I'm so sharp. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's how I keep. Nice. And the full head of hair. Yeah, and the full head of hair. The gray is because you know that that I can't be held accountable for. That's and just the general good looks. Yeah. Uh. You know. You can't comment on that. I mean. You know. It's like I guess I have to cut that part out because that's like that's too self-serving. Too. Oh, maybe we'll keep that. So. Tell me about now, um, what was going on you, during your four years there? What, what do you remember? Oh, everything, right? So that was, that was, a, that was apartheid, right? So there were several marches, um, the apartheid marches and big marches um, to get the university to, to divest, being arrested. This first time I've, and the only time I've ever been arrested. Um, Wait, whoa, 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 time out, time out. You have a police record? No, it was expunged. I did my community service. You oh, that's too bad. Never too put bad. anything on me. That's too bad. That would have been a great first for uh, the imp interviews, someone with a police record. But we're, I'm going to check that too to make sure you're not fibbing. Yes, please do. And have all of the employers check that just to make sure that I went down okay. Because <laughs> quite frankly, uh, yeah, I need to, uh, it's never come up. So I'm assuming so what, you, what did you do? Did you, did you hit a police person? Like what was going on? Did you slash some <laughs> tires? What what, no. what what was going on? Did you like no. beat somebody up? There must come on, give me a good story, even if it's not true. Go. <laughs> yeah, in the early days. No, no, I can't. I I can't. I cannot. I cannot tell a lie. The only reason why I think we were arrested was because we. I think it was trespassing. We. I do. I think we had a sit-in and. So this is how bad it is. This is how bad my memory is. I think we had a sit-in at the rotunda. And before the protest, of course, we all like learned exactly what we should do during a protest. So I remember just you had to sit on the ground, knees crossed, and you had to hold your arms a certain way. So literally the only way you could be moved is if they picked you up and you literally got picked up in that position and carried out of the building. So I am like getting carried out and arrested crisscross criss applesauce arms folded like I will not be moved and that's how I got arrested I'm sure my parents were in love with me at that point but yeah I, I, my were there any big like, football players with you how do you how do they lift those guys those I don't guys know I, was, <laughs> I, I don't know I, was, I don't know there was a ton of people in there I don't I don't know I don't know how they do that honestly now that I think I mean I was I'm pretty little so they probably had no issues with me but yeah I don't know uh, yeah, if you're on the uh, the steps of the rotunda, that's where it was. The steps of the rotunda is that where I you were? It was inside the rotunda. Oh. Again, I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure it was inside gonna, though. Yeah, because I was gonna say, you, like, it could have been a nice added bonus if you guys struck the lawn, right? If you like went streaking down the lawn and like then then came and then sit there and then no cop is going to want to pick you up, right? No, be, <laughs> no cop. Well, uh, well, no. maybe. Maybe. All right, let's not go there. Let's not go there. It's, that is an accident waiting to happen. Sorry, Tom. Uh, they slapped me on the hand. Right. Wait, wait. Did that. you ever do it? Did you ever stick the lawn? I cannot say it on this podcast because, all right, quick little story. So we were there a couple of weeks ago uh, before the semester ended visiting my son and we stayed at the Colonnade Club. 
and it was my wife and my 14 year old daughter. And they know all the stories about all the traditions. And at 1.30 in the morning, my daughter came over to my bed. She said, dad, I hear yelling and laughing and screaming. I bet you they're streaking the lawn. Let's go out and watch. And we went and I threw my sweats on and we went to the lawn and my daughter said, I'm going to streak the lawn. And I said, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that's a bad idea because you might have fun doing that. If your mom finds out it's like divorce city, we're done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I know that. Cool. So, okay. So that you had that protest, you got thrown in jail for seven weeks and you did your homework from, from the jail cell. (laughs) (laughs) And so then you are graduating and tell me about that transition from uh, the time of your life to graduate. Yeah, I went to Delaware because who doesn't go to Delaware after graduation? Um, I was recruited by a company which is no longer in existence called MBNA, um, credit card issuer. And as you know, most banks are incorporated in Delaware. So if you are into banking or happen to be in the chemical industry, you'd be there because of the banking industry or Dow or, uh, or the chemical industry that, that's there. So I went to, I went to Delaware, um, never been there before, except for during the recruitment trips. But I actually, it's kind of like, it's one of those places where the company that I went to felt the exact same way um, that I felt when I went to UVA. It just fit. It's just, you know what I mean? It just really fit really well. Um, so um Went to UVA, went through their management development, or went to um, MBA, went to their through their management development program. Did really well there. Came out, um, worked my way up. I lived in several different places. I guess the moving never stopped. I moved every two years when I was younger, and moving never really stopped when I got at MBA. Um, moved, uh, went from there in Delaware to Maine, um, and then to Maryland. Um, so I had a pretty good career with them, but I gave myself a challenge because my dad said I would never go to graduate school if the money got too good to me. And so I had to give myself like a little challenge, like VP or five years, which whichever one came first, you have to force yourself out. And it just so happens I got the VP first and, but I, but he's right. (laughs) I did not leave. (laughs) The only way I left was to start my own business, which is what I did. I ended up starting my own business. Um, and I've been, I've had my business for 20 something plus years now. Um, and it's been fabulous. It gives you kind of the flexibility to be able to, you know, have a family life and do your thing and still do the things that you love. So break it down. What do you do? So I have a consulting firm and we, it's, um, it's mostly helping companies with their customer experience. Um, MBNA, I don't know how much you know about it, but it was a credit card issuer, basically. It was a bank, but it never had any branches. Like, so there's no branch bank retail experience with them. So everything that they did was by phone. Um, so they quickly, and the CEO was a genius, I think, crazy genius. Um, and, and he basically said, we're going, he created this customer culture there that is are none is you have to go onto the websites to find this out but um literally bar none the best kind of customer culture that ever existed and he it was just everybody was just all over being good to the customer 
the customer first, everything was about the customer, it bent over backwards. And, and the things that, that, that made the customer happy were the things that you did, period. That's what you focused on. Everything was about the customer. So um, I learned a lot from there. I also learned a lot about database because, uh, you know, banking database, they were the database, you know, um, experts back then. So um, I just got a lot from that experience. And when, um, I don't know how long ago, isn't it? Maybe the, maybe it was the nineties that they passed, um, they passed regulations that allowed pharmaceutical companies to market directly to consumers. So if you, as you know, Farmer Row is probably New Jersey and Massachusetts, mostly Massachusetts now. <clears throat> so back then, um, because uh, the pharmaceutical companies were literally like, had no experience with the customer, had no experience with database. They came knocking down in Delaware. So they were poaching up all of the bankers with any sort of experience that I had. And that's how I kind of became involved with like pharmacies and uh, pharmaceutical marketing and um, healthcare marketing. Um, and that's when I got my feet wet into in kind of consulting. And then I switched. So I just went off on my own and, and did my own thing. And so now I, I, I offer my expertise to companies around either healthcare, banking, travel, whatever industry. Those are my big verticals um, with their customer experience. It's been great. I've been doing this for a long time. Tell me, was that leap from corporate to more entrepreneurship? Was that scary? Nope. Not for me. I think it's always been in my blood. I, I just do. It's. I think I, I can see how it would be for a lot of people, but it's just kind of always been me maybe. Um, I, 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 I remember when my, I remember when my, I was, I don't know, maybe sixth grade. Um, my dad, we always used to get an allowance, but in sixth grade, he was just like, okay, so um, we're turning off that spigot. Um, any money that you make outside of the house, I'll double. And, you know, at just to wow. me, it was, yeah, I was, I was, you know, challenge on, right? Does he still do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Wish. Uh, so he like literally, I, I literally that same day, and this is, I mean, I mean, we're an IBM family, so we had IBM typewriters around, but like I typed out some business cards, made copies of them, worked the neighborhood with a babysitting business. And I was raking up money. Like you would not believe it like at that time. So I think it's just always been like me. Yeah. You give me a challenge. I'm going to do it. I can go out on my own and do anything. So it wasn't an, a hard transition for me. And I actually enjoy it. I love, I love having my own business. It's your baby, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, this next generation, they're going to need to all be entrepreneurial because I think what you go to school and you study, and then you get your first job, in that seven to next seven to 10 years, you might not have that job. That might not yep. be a job anymore. And if you right. don't have that entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. um, that, that's super important to have and yeah. raise kids to have that. So kudos to your family for making you that way because it probably gave you this unbelievable life because now, how long have you been consulting for on your yeah, own? Like 20, 30, 20 something plus years. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. so great. Um, before COVID, were you doing a lot of traveling with the job too? Or what's that? Like? Uh, no, I mean, that's the other good thing about my business is that, you know, before everybody got onto these video conferences, I had always gone. There's apps, there are clients, I have clients that have never seen my face. Ever. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, I mean, I, 
is part of the customer experience. And again, from where I, from where I kind of got my roots, many of your customers won't see your face, but you've got to be able to make them feel number one from a, a distance without knowing you face to face. And um, so, yeah, that's a challenge. And so I've been able to satisfy my customers from um, like that from the very beginning. So yeah, I didn't have to travel a lot beforehand. Don't have to travel a lot right now, which is great. It helps when you're managing a family <laughs> um, to be able to create that level of a schedule. Um, but yeah, it's been, it, that's one of the reasons why I also decided to go out on my own too, just to have that level of flexibility. What do you love most about your current career? And what do you, uh, what's your least favorite part of it? Um, most is that it, you, I created something successful on my own, um, and that it's great and I love what I'm doing. And, um, I think it kind of allows you to maintain that and show to even your kids, your family, um, that the main rule of thumb for everything that you do is to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's, you know that's just the golden rule. Like I get to live it every single day. Um, and I show my kids that you can make a living off of living that every single day as well. Um, <clears throat> the worst, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's been such a good experience. I can't really, I would say probably like the day-to-day -day business behind doing business. Like that's, probably the worst. You know what I mean? Like if I could just focus on what I love doing about my business, that would be great. But you also have to, you know, take care of business, provide insurance for your, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like taxes and accounting, right? Stuff. I was thinking that's accounting. Yeah. yeah. All that other stuff. That's, that's the crap you don't really like to do, but whatever that's, yeah, I'll, I'll take that any day over just continuing to be able to do this. And do you, to keep sharp, because you're not part of a, a, a corporation that might uh, give you kind of like uh, either continuing ed or like seminars, what are you doing to keep sharp? Um, I always keep up with industry, like the industry leaders or industry publications. So I try to attend as many conferences as I can. Um, and luckily, most of my clients, the other thing about it is, is I've had such great relationships with my clients, um, is that. I'm a part of their team. Like, I don't think they consider me as a consultant at all. Never have. That's probably why I have very long relationships with them. And so I get to go to all of their you know, internal training and things of that sort. So I take advantage of that as much as I possibly can. I live the best of all worlds in that respect. My career is just allows me to do stuff like that. So. And you, you mentioned your family a couple of times as we were talking and I didn't, I didn't want to lose your train of thought of when you were talking about your career, but tell us how did the family develop? Give us some background on that. Met my hubby first year at UVA. He's old dorm. Stop too. it. Yeah. Stop it. He's a, yeah. a first year love. Oh my gosh. That's mm -hmm. awful. Uh, knew him first year. <laughs> oh, oh. I think it was love. Wait, wait, let me correct it. Love for him. You're still thinking about it first year. <laughs> I, I think we actually went on a date. I think we actually went on a date first year, I want to say. I don't even know where he took me, but um, um, yeah, met him first year. I forgot what dorm he was in, but he was in a dorm where I had other other friends and we just kind of hung, like we just hang, hung in the same circle sort of a deal um, and just stayed friends the entire time, um, hung out after school. He's from Philly. Um, so I was in Delaware 
um, we just continued to hang out after that. And just one day decided, tie the knot, get hitched. And we have two daughters, um, a 12 year old and an eight year old. Um, and we have- What are their names? Channing is my 12 year old, Channing Jackson Whitlock. And my daughter, my youngest daughter, Jordan Aubrey Whitlock is, um, is eight years old. And they are just amazing. That's awesome. I have two cutie pies. And, and what are they into? What are their hobbies? So um, my oldest loves music. My youngest is, she's like a little, <laughs> she's a little athlete, but I, I got to tell you, uh, speaking of these kids, these younger kids, man, I honestly think, <laughs> I hope I'll never hear this, but I think my, my daughter, my youngest daughter wants to become an influencer. At, at one point or another, my daughter wanted to be, um, <laughs> she wanted to be an Egyptologist, but I swear to you now, I, if she comes to me and she says, I'm going to be an influencer, I would totally, totally believe it. Like, I just have a feeling, what would you do if you heard your kids say that? I don't know if I would be okay with that or not. Like, uh, I've learned a lesson that whatever oh. they say, you're just supposed to say, oh, that's interesting or, <laughs> oh. Cool. Like you're not supposed to, the second you say no, it's, it's the kids. That's what they're going to do. They'll be all over it. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I, can't, I don't know. I'm going to try to take your lead, but like, mm. it's so hard. It's, mm. it's, you know, I, I joked around with my son a couple of weeks ago, he was home and I said, is it annoying that I'm right all the time? It must be annoying <laughs> to like live with me, like to know that I'm going to be right every time. And he just rolled his eyes, right? And in his mind, he was thinking, yeah, right. And in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 I'm serious. No, I'm, just, I'm very serious. Absolutely. Even right now, I'm right. <laughs> he doesn't understand that like when you get older, you are right all the time because you know when you might not be right and you just shut up and you don't say anything, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when not to speak. Or I, I literally, I will tell you, I am wrong in this instance. In this instance. In this rare highly, moment, highly unlikely that I'm wrong. And your hubby, what's he do for a living? So he's communications. He used to be um, a broadcaster. That's why we were in St. Louis because he worked. Um, he was a reporter and anchor for uh, at Channel Channel Five here. So now he's directly in PR and and marketing and communications. He works for a local firm here. So yeah. And oh, did you start brainwashing the girls yet on UVA? Have you been back to Charlottesville at all? What's your, your what's I have your not taken my you? kids to Charlottesville yet. I you just, that, no, mm -mm. it's kind of hard, but first it's kind of hard to get around now. Like from the Midwest, it's not as easier, but, um, but yeah, we haven't taken them yet. And we thought about going this year and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think we might have to wait a little bit longer, but yeah, no, we've never, never taken them there. Of course, we talked to them about it. We they have a ton of UVA gear. Um, good God, if we ever like every time we win a championship, they've got some new gear on them, and we're like, you know, <laughs> the big UVA family. Yeah, they're probably sick of us hearing. They're probably sick of us talking about it. But we've never taken them there yet. But every single family member that comes of age, I try to get down there. I have, by the way, for the information, a niece, a cousin, actually who is an amazing softball player. And I'm trying to get in touch with somebody down there so that they can take a look at her and she can come to campus and take a look at UVA. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Nation, you heard it. Who's mm-hmm. who's our person on that? Could mm-hmm. be Megan O'Leary. Not sure. Mm-hmm. She's still in, in close touch with them. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So that brainwashing will definitely happen with the two girls, no yes. doubt. And yes. the, the over under when you go back to school um, to visit uh, is either when you go to Mincer's or the bookstore, I'm putting it at $250. So the over under is $250 that you will spend once you get in there because you cannot help it. You get there and you're like, Oh, this is cool. This is some vintage gear. Oh, this is cool. I could wear this here. Oh, this is cool. This would be good for so-and-so next thing you know, you like you're working seven more years to pay off your, (laughs) dude, I spent more than that. I did like I, the, the, what was it? The 25th year reunion I went to, I don't know, but like literally got in there and I had to call my husband and say, get me out of here because this is absolutely going overboard. Like I had to call for help. Right. And it, it's as if there is no thing called the internet and buying online. <laughs> like it was going to no. be the last <laughs> chance that Mincers was closing and going out of business. Right? <laughs> um, get it now. So, um, you know, not to skip your four years at UVA, but uh, any other funny stories or things that you remember from your experience? Give us, give your audience some stuff. I, I literally, UVA was a blur to me. Um, I, I do, I just remember all of just the rules that you, that you would now you abided by then that you just totally won't abide by now. Like literally I did not leave the house or leave my dorm for a party was not worth hanging out until midnight. And now literally, if I am not out of this house by seven, it's just not happening. But my God, like you did all these things before you went out, right? You got your pizza and I literally blew, oh my God. How much money did you blow your first semester at UVA? I, I went down there with a crap ton of money just because, and I spent thousands of dollars on who the hell knows what. Yeah. My parents gave me bad advice. They should have said, take your money and buy a percentage of the Chanelos franchise. And like, think about those guys. They were on rugby road in trucks. Like you would be, you had drunken kids who had the munchies, who would yeah. breadsticks, pizzas. Then you like go down to Little John's. Like I, I would have done it all over. I probably would have, instead of going to school for four years, I just would have been entrepreneurial and sold pizza. I would have been there retired. You, there you go. I mean, because literally all. I mean, I and I mean, I, I think my literally. My father, I think, was <laughs> so done with me after first semester. First of all, you could tell that my focus was elsewhere first semester, first year, because I got a call after first semester from my dad. And he was like, I'm not paying for this anymore. Like, literally, he was like, you can fund this, but I personally will not be funding this anymore. I, I don't even know. Do parents get the grades anymore? Their kids, but Oh, you don't understand. It's a, Oh my God. You just hit a really sore spot for me. That was really <laughs> cruel of you to do I'm sorry. when they turn 18, you have no access to their grades. So Crazy. help me understand how a You're parent can pay $60,000 a year. And we can't see the grades now. Like, you know, you set up a rule in your house. Like if you don't, you know, I don't want to, 
like mislead our inclination to think I hit my kids, but definitely, <laughs> definitely threatened to, right? I mean, like, you know, say, hey, dude, if, we, if you don't show me the grades, there's going to be a right. beat down like you've yeah. never experienced. And yeah. trust me, don't go there, right? Don't yeah. go there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, I, I, so it all fits together. Like I literally was uh, like thousands of dollars and I could not tell you what I spent first year, first semester, but it, probably somewhere between, I mean, maybe grain wasn't so uh, economical. I don't know, but like literally uh, pizza. I mean, it wasn't the parties because literally that back then you got into a party for a dollar and I remember when they increased that price, I was like, I am not going for $2 to a party. <laughs> I draw the line. I mean, God, we're talking to the imp that got arrested, right? She's, <laughs> she's, she's like, they should be paying you the dollar to go in, right? right? I mean, this is on. my it point. Gives, it gives that party some street cred, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I would think that. Were you spending money on Bodo's ever? Was Bodo's a place? No, it was not. Like, I, I God, I swear to you. It was Domino's probably delivery. I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't. It was food. I mean, and you would. It was had to have been food. I have no idea. It's just crazy how much money you spend on crap. I, I got a good one on the Domino's. Do you remember when we were in school? Domino's, if they didn't get it to you within thirty minutes or less, it was for free. Free, dude. Yeah. Right. And every single time you were praying to God, I hope it's like 30 minutes and one second. And I, as soon as I would hang up the phone, I would set my clock and it'd be like, That's okay, right, man. mess it up, mess it All up. Right. Don't All get right. here yep. in 30 minutes. Like you, you don't think through it. Oh yeah. The guy's probably risking himself in the car <laughs> driving in a, like driving in appropriately. Yeah, that's and like, besides the point. Do I get my pizza for free or what? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if the guy has a car accident. I don't want my damn pizza for free. Right. <laughs> absolutely oh, and you knew that and that's why you know and, and you thought you had better odds because it's a university and everybody is ordering pizza right now so there's no way they're gonna make it I don't think I ever got a free pizza but yeah you know who knows yeah no I just I, I just remember blowing a wad a wad of cash there for some reason my parents threatening specifically my father threatening that you know he's not paying for it anymore and that tends to when you hit me with the finances I kind of straighten up so literally I was just like okay got it uh, might want to study every now and then um, going forward so while I did have my fun at UVA mostly my fun was at like the Newcomb Hall SAB sort of experiences. Um, that that was my. That's where I spent the majority of my time. And for all of those who know, there's a, there's a house on Seven and a Half Street that many people would know um, that a lot of us spend a lot of time at. And it just for some reason passed from one generation of kids to the next generation of kids. And I spent a lot of time on Seven and a Half Street partying there too, but. Literally after a while, I started to hunker down and just study kind of, sort of, you know, maybe. Got a little so more serious. What are you telling the imps of today? What are, give them some words of wisdom. Enjoy it. Just every, just, just relish them. you got to just live it while you're there. Relish the moment. Don't, you know what I mean? Just like I said, I mean, this four years of college is your, is that kind of, entrance into adulthood it gives you that nice transition not a lot of people get that opportunity so like literally it is a soft landing into adulthood it is the only time that that is why you're somewhere you're literally learning you know, just about 
anything, explore whatever interest you want there. It's the only time you can do it. Just totally take advantage of it. And the thing about UVA too, the best part I think about UVA too, is that you could experience one thing and then totally get with another group of people and experience another thing. And that's what I loved about the imps is that I had a completely different experience with them than I would have had with, you know, any other groups that I might've been with. And it, I mean, that's true for all of the groups that you're with. It's just, you got to meet so many different people that you may not have been able to meet, been exposed to, you know, beforehand. Athletes, I would have never had any sort of interaction with, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, my interactions were mostly with basically anybody on Newcomb Hall, that third floor, I guess it was Newcomb Hall. Um, that's who I had interaction with. So above and beyond that, just take advantage of every single opportunity that you have there. I realize that academics are important. You're going to school for a reason, but you've got to live while you're there. Absolutely do. Cause it's a once in a lifetime experience. It's great advice. You don't really understand that until later in life, but it, I can't remember the saying it's something like youth is wasted on the young yeah, or something like that's that. That's right. That's Whatever. right. That's so. right. Well, it was awesome getting to hang out with you for a little bit today. Thanks for making the time to come chat with us. I can't believe I didn't know that you were from Norwalk. So now you and I are besties on that. Gosh, that's amazing. And um, keep in touch with us. Let us know what's going on in your world. Especially if I'm up in the Connecticut world, I will kind of get in contact with you. It's cool. Like it's really cool because I'm spending time with people that I never got to spend time with some younger imps, some a little bit older. Um, but it's very cool because now when people are rolling through either New York or Connecticut, uh, I'm getting a little text or something like that. Let's catch up. It's really, it's been fun for me too. It's been like the nice, uh, you know, the nice thing that Ross Wiener did for us and starting to get the imps together over the pandemic that then yeah. kind of led to this podcast. So Agreed. thank you was, so much for, for doing this too. John. Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast. Well, imp nation, you enjoyed another one. This is great. Uh, tune in next time. I won't tell you who the guest is. It's, uh, someone from far away. And if anyone has any recommendations or you want to be a guest, you can make my life easy because I'm trying to do two a month and you could just raise your hand and say, I'll be on. Uh, but it seems like I'm having to track you folks down because you're too busy and important, but that's good. That's why you were in. Tune in next time for another great episode. Take care, Imp Nation. Bye-bye. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense, C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.